Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Jared Kleinart. If you remember, he was on episode 76 with Stacey Ferrara, who's also been um, a two-time guest on the show. And they were talking about their book at the time, which was $2 billion under 20. Well, Jared is back with us, and this time he's talking about his upcoming book, $3 billion under 30. $3 billion under 30 shares intimate stories of 75 industry-leading millennials, ranging from the founder of WordPress to the two-time defendant fittest woman in the world. Snapchat megastars like Sean Dewars are also there and many, many, many others. So I'm so, so excited to have the man behind the book with us today. Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you. And are you ready to have me on show 377 when I do 4 billion under 40 and <laughs> episode number 592 when I do 5 billion under 50? Hey, let's do it, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. As, as long this, as you're captain stories, I'm ready. <laughs> this might be it in the uh, in the numerical part of the series, but yeah. hopefully it won't be the last book I do. It's been a really fun process putting this together for you. No, no. I mean, look, I, as long as you're telling stories, I'm happy to have you here. But let's start there. So we had you last time when you were talking about 2 billion people under 20. What has been up since then? I mean, it, you've, it seems like you've done a whirlwind of things. You've been a TED talker and another TEDx talker. So just tell us what the the, the journey has been like and um, what you've learned since. So it's been an amazing journey since then. And it's also been partly disappointing. Uh, and I'll give you the the amazing side first. Uh, you know, I thought the messages from two billion under twenty were very well received. You know, the ideas of inclusion uh, of different viewpoints of showcasing you know top performers in their teens and maybe early twenties. Uh, the the actual content from that book, and then also just the idea of the book was very well received. And I did get an opportunity to go speak at. Uh, Ted and Stacy's done a couple of TEDx talks on the book's subject matter as well. Uh, 
did some consulting for various New York Times bestselling authors and for companies who wanted to launch their businesses uh, and books in the same fashion that we had launched our first book. Uh, and then, you know, constantly I was thinking about three billion under thirty, and you know, if I was going to do a follow-up and how I would do it. Uh, the disappointing part of the two billion under twenty launch was that when I went through a traditional publisher. Uh, there wasn't any real financial incentive to continue selling two billion under twenty long term, uh, and not that everything in the world is about money, but you know we we all have missions behind what we do. Hopefully, mm. uh, and the best way to ensure that your mission continues to move forward is to actually tie it into you know, your your purpose and your profit have to align. Otherwise neither is going to, to move forward as fast as possible. Uh, and so I was kind of disappointed that with our book, as most other traditional public or traditionally published authors experience, we kind of had this, you know, downtick in the book's reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt bad because we had all these, you know, amazingly talented people buy into the vision of 2 billion under 20 and buy into having their story, stories shared as far and wide as possible. Uh, and yes, we did like have a, an award-winning book, and like thousands of people got to see the content in that book. So we did accomplish its goal. But from a long-term standpoint, uh, I was sort of disappointed in, in what I thought that could have become. And so the way I fixed it is, you know, as I thought about doing another book and, and doing this again, uh, I actually took three billion under thirty out of the traditional publishing model, put it into a uh, a new business, you know, just like an LLC, and really focused on making the book as good as possible, uh, and then also selling the book through distribution networks where I completely owned the process, uh, so that I could then apply you know high level marketing and business development ideas to it, uh, but also just have financial incentive long term to share these news stories hmm. and you know it, it ties into one of the questions i was going to ask you because one of the things i noticed with, with your book was you know you mentioned a success right it was one number one entrepreneurship book of 2015 according to axiom you know business book awards it sold thousands of copy in the first week the self-publishing process you know I'm sure it's challenging and I'm sure it's rewarding in, in, its, in, in some of his respects, but how did you go about finding people this time and how did you go about um, um, putting up the money? Because I'm sure that, you know, there's no security in that in that, er- that area. Yeah, so the, the self-publishing model can be super easy. You know, it, you can get a book up tonight if you wanted to through Amazon. And... A lot of people do that. The way we wanted to do it uh, is to make a better product. Uh, And so we did, you know, we spent a lot of time curating the best stories uh, to put into 3 billion under 30, you know, finding really diverse viewpoints to share uh, in this next book from top performing young people all across the world. Uh, And then we hired what ended up being being, uh, four different editors to go through the actual manuscript. Uh, and then we wanted to print hardcover books rather than just do ebooks because we wanted to give customers that sort of experience of reading a book, you know, physically. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, it all costs a lot of money to do it that way and to go through all the different hoops that we did. Uh, 
but you don't have to do that if you're an author. Like you can just publish a book through Amazon and still get your message out there. Uh, we took a lot of risk on uh, because one, like looking at how two billion under twenty did, I was confident we could at least repeat that success, which right. would then pay off all the risk that we took on for three billion under thirty. Okay. Uh, but two, like by by publishing it the way we did, we don't have to rely on Amazon. We don't have to rely on a retailer. Uh, we can actually sell the book through our own website. And that's really important because it can allow us to actually build a relationship with our readers over time. You know, just like your your show, like you can build a relationship with people because they're they're subscribing to your show, they're you know signing up for your email list, they're following you on social media. And now you have this distribution channel to speak to people. If we sold the book just through Amazon, we wouldn't get that distribution network. Amazon <laughs> would. Uh, and so from a from a value providing standpoint, uh, it makes sense to kind of own that distribution model uh, because we'll be able to share content from the book uh, a lot longer uh, and we'll be able to promote the great work of our book contributors. Uh, but also we can continue providing value to readers long term uh, and you know from a from an entrepreneur from a business building standpoint, there's a lot of value that can come with building a sizable email list or building a big social media following. Uh, and so it's just like a win-win-win situation all the way around. It's a unique situation that most authors don't uh, have the ability to experience or think about experiencing because they're so used to the traditional model. Um, but I think it sets us up long-term to kind of match our purpose and our profit much better than we do with 2 billion under 20. Awesome. Awesome. So loving, loving, Does that uh, make sense? no, it makes a lot of sense. And I, and you know, you know, we, we are friends beyond this. So I, I loved the mission of what 2000 and I'm not 2000, 2 billion under 20 was and what this mission is. And, yeah. I, and I do share a lot of, of your, your interest and disappointments with, with how the movement sort of goes up and then comes down, especially given the, the year we had in 2016, where you saw the different leaders of the world, you know, sort of revert back to so the things that, that run counter to the theme that you, you were championing. I, I'm very curious, though, as now that you're going on this, this journey, you know, you're, you're the author, this is self-publishing. What are you hoping to achieve with this particular book that you didn't achieve the last book? From, I mean, from a from a business standpoint, I think we can sell a lot more books, which means a lot more people can actually read this content uh, and then start acting on it. You know, so the the mission has been the same with two billion under twenty and now three billion under thirty. We want to get as many people as possible to act on their passions in life, and then once they're doing that, we actually want to unite them in solving big pressing problems in society like our political unrest in various countries or you know global water shortages or uh income inequality like all these different issues that i'm sure like all your past guests have spoken about and we've spoken about uh you know over coffee uh after bumping into my mom of course in in new york city um Um, that's a really funny story uh but you know like all those things are really important to solve and, and they're like it, it, it's almost like an existential crisis if we don't solve them because these problems are going to get increasingly serious. Yeah. Uh, and the only way to solve them is to have this multidisciplinary approach to problem solving. Uh, and so my thought process then is like the only way to have a multidisciplinary approach to problem solving is to make sure that people become like really passionate about what they're good at. 
And so that's what the content of the book is supposed to kind of catalyze. Um, that's just a book though. you know, really you, when you own the distribution process, when you can continue speaking to your readers, when you can continue showcasing the work of the contributors to this book, you can start building a real community, you know, sort of the thing that we really wanted to do with 2 billion under 20, but I think we fell a little short at, uh, I think it's just a much better setup in this way. And so that's, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, heading into 2017 and 2018 and beyond, you know, for as long as we get to live, uh, (laughs) because Uh, if we don't solve these problems, we might not make it past, you know, 2040. Maybe all the robots will, uh, will kill us (laughs) or maybe we'll all, uh, you know, some other, you know, threat will come up, but We'll see. And, and I joke about it, but those are very serious things that we need to uh, we need to start thinking about. Yeah, they're definitely serious things we need to address. And and before I really go into those stories, because I, I believe you have a lot of interesting stories in the book, I want to give the audience a chance to get to know you. I, I know we did it a little bit last time with Stacy, but you know, with two people podcast, sometimes we don't get enough of the flesh uh, given the time uh, constraint. So, can you tell us? how you got started and how your life has been sort of this unconventional path that you've consistently taken. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a nomad, (laughs) you know, as you are hearing this as told by a nomad, Uh, (laughs) I never went to college, never, I'm not even a college dropout. I'm I'm simply a high school graduate. Uh, and you know, I think, you know, some of the backstory, but I decided to take a series of gap years, uh, and then ultimately never went back to school. Uh, never really had a, a nine to five job or a corporate job. Uh, you know, my, my work experience comes from interning from, for two VC backed startups, uh, between 16 and 18, uh, 15, I had started my first business and failed miserably, uh, which had <laughs> kicked off my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and the only reason I got the two internships in Silicon Valley, uh, is because of a pretty negative experience I had when I was 15. Uh, when, you know, when I was first getting started, my mentor at the time was actually a guy who had spent time in prison for a security fraud on wall street. Uh, and I only found this out about six months into hanging out with him. And so after that pretty negative experience, you know, started looking around to more positive outlets and, and more positive role models, I uh, ended up reading an article in Forbes called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I reached out to that guy, started working for him, and and that's where the the internships came about. But as far as being a nomad, you know, since eighteen, uh, you've never had a job, you know, from someone else. I've always uh, started my own businesses and uh, tried to, you know, make them work on a predominantly internet based uh, way. Never had uh, a lease or owned a home. Uh, I've always subletted everywhere I've lived and or done the, the Airbnb and, uh, you know, nomadic route. I uh, sold my car when I was 19. Uh, and so, you know, today I don't own anything. I, I don't, you know, I just kind of sublet wherever I live or I Airbnb. Uh, some some work travel with some time with family. Uh, I do run all my businesses remotely, uh, both from a computer myself and then all my team is remote and uh yeah i have only like two weeks worth of clothes with me at any given time yet i'm happier than ever before and i have the freedom to go wherever i want at a moment's notice and 
you know, have the freedom to work on things that I find interesting. And yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty cool to be a nomad. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's funny that you say a nomad because I was going to do this later on, but that feeds into uh, today's sponsor, actually. <laughs> so what if I told nice. you? <laughs> it does. It's a nice segue. We call this a segue in the industry, people. Um, what What if I could told I told you, Jared, that I could give you a first class luggage with Coach Price? What would you say? For the times I do have luggage, that sounds amazing. Tell me more. <laughs> well, I will. I'm glad you said I should do that because um, Away is offering, you know, a 20%, $20 off a suitcase for anyone that uses the promo code awaytravel.com forward slash nomads. And the reason why I love this is because it charges my cell phone so I don't have to worry about having a dead cell phone while traveling. You know, the material is sleek, it's ultra durable, and the interior design helps keep my items neat, organized, Easy to carry up and down the stairs, and it's so lightweight. You know, for those overpackers and people like me that are always losing the charges, I mean, it, I, you know, I couldn't ask for for um, a better option. So, go dude, ahead. I can't tell you how many times I've been in an airport and I pulled out my computer <laughs> to charge my phone. Happens all the time, and especially someone like you who consistently is doing stuff and you're managing a mobile workforce. So it's you know, it's it's something that I I, I think listeners would benefit from and. All the suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, and the interior features a patent-pending compression system, which helps those overpackers, like I was saying earlier. It's TSA-approved, so you can carry it anywhere as a hand luggage, and um, be sure to check it out, www.awaytravel.com forward slash nomads. Use promo code nomads for $20 off. All right, Jared, interesting stories time. The, I read the book, Two Billion and Twenty. Completely loved it, and I've gotten to meet a lot of the people that have been there. In fact, um, you know, one of my closest friends now, Kristen Leonard, was featured in the book. Um, you know, she's become like a sister to me, and I, I believe she's the same to you. But um, it was because of you that I met her and reading that book. What are some of the most interesting stories here that you've uh, that you have covered? Well, I think everyone's interesting for sure. That's, that's why I brought him in there. But you know. Part of what I love about the three billion under thirty book and and two billion under twenty is that we do a, a good job of balancing you know the, the people you'd see on a Forbes thirty under thirty list these like uber achievers in business who run WordPress uh, like Matt Mullenweg he's featured in our book or like co-founder of Duolingo uh, Severin Hacker is featured in the book you know these people are running companies worth billions of dollars but then we also have uh, stories from people that you've never heard about before, like uh, Aziz Diab. He's a Syrian war refugee that is currently living in Germany, uh, and he escaped the situation in Syria in in very Holocaust esque uh, ways. You know, kind of like a, a very small breathing hole in a truck that's taking you know twenty to fifty people at a time. You know, out of a war zone in a very discreet fashion. You know, like this is not the 40s and 50s. This is actually real life today in some places in the world, uh, and it, it just reminds you of kind of where we're at in society. Uh, but he is now in Germany, safe and sound. He's actually uh, serving as a translator between other Syrian war refugees and the German community that is helping them. Um, and 
kind of in the book. He's he's the last story in the book, uh, and the the book is broken down into five parts: start, risk, journey, learn, and succeed, uh, which are kind of five stages to finding and acting on your passions in life. And he kind of closes out the book really nicely by saying, like, look, if you're alive, then you're successful. Yeah. You know, and we, we always get caught up on you know, how much money we're making or how many social media followers we have. And you can learn how to grow you know, your, your wealth and grow your social media follower account through the methods and the people in this book. But I think it, he wrapped it up nicely by saying, like, look, if you're alive and uh, breathing, <laughs> you're, you're pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so his story was really fascinating. Um, I'm a huge basketball nerd. And so I got introduced to this other guy, Jimmy Gavin, who had uh, Crohn's disease when he was a kid, pretty seriously. And my, my father has Crohn's disease. As- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. As well, uh, so I understand like the severity of that uh, disease. And he also lost his brother in a tragic car accident when he was growing up. Yet, uh, after going through both of these experiences and not playing any high school basketball, ended up making a Division three college basketball team his freshman year, played D2 his, uh, his sophomore year, uh, and then played Division One his junior and senior year, uh, made it to the NCAA tournament, and then almost made an NBA roster this year. Uh, he was in kind of a, a couple of summer league camps with Orlando. Uh, now he's playing basketball overseas as a professional and may one day make it to the NBA, but the guy is one of the most driven people that I know. Uh, his story is, is very similar to my father's. Uh, and I'm, I'm not close to my dad at all at, at time of recording. I, I don't really speak to him. Uh, one day that may change. But when I heard about what Jimmy had gone through and how that mirrors kind of my dad's experiences, because my dad had also lost his brother in a tragic car accident as an adult uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and so that was a really interesting story as well. It's been profiled in, in ESPN and various other sports outlets. So, you know, you might have heard of that profile before. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stories like that. I mean, there's another one, Jacqueline Rose. I don't know if you've met Jacqueline yet, but she started a tech company called Revelar, uh, which has raised over $3 million in venture capital. Uh, and it's kind of like a, a life alert device, but for the 21st century, <laughs> uh, when she started it, cause her sister had been uh, a victim of sexual assault two different times. And so the first time that she did it, you know, she didn't really take action because what are you supposed to do when that something like that happens? Uh, the second time she actually, you know, 
built it and invented a new like GPS tracking device that could help people in need if they were ever uh, in a in a spot where they felt uncomfortable. Uh, and so that uh, that is really close to to what I care about. You know, I, I do care a lot about preventing uh, abuse towards women mm. uh, from from other you know personal experiences of mine. Mm. And uh, Jacqueline's story is is very inspiring as well, and she's one of the nicest people I've come across. So. Like the the book is littered with those sort of stories that you might not have heard, uh, and it's cool to use the the stories from Jake Paul, who has over 17 million social media followers, or Sean Duras, who's like one of the biggest Snapchatters, or Matt, who is you know huge in the tech world, uh, and to be able to like use their stories almost as a way to get the other stories out to the world uh, is is something that I'm really you know interested in. You know, one of my favorite things about you, Jared, is the fact that you're able to humanize all these these type of people. I mean, some of these people that you have in your book of people that people might have, have said, like, wow, this guy's got this many followers or this lady's got uh, this X amount of, of money that she generates in revenue. But your ability in between this book and the last book and observing you as a friend and, you know, um, just from the outside, I think that's one of your, your biggest skill sets. Uh, you know, and I definitely want to commend you in that. For sure. That's that's not easy to do. Um, Thank you. Yeah, pleasure's mine. Pleasure's mine. And for those, how do we humanize robots? That's that's going to be a big <laughs> skill that someone well, in the future is going to need. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> for, for, for those listening, uh, Jared spends most of his time studying, interacting with, and connecting the world's smartest and most talented millennials. And I say this often. You know, I think our missions are very similar. The only reason I do everything is for me to build the next set of global leaders. In, in, in my opinion, the hypothesis I'm running with is that you know, the best way to do that is to connect people across cultures because, you know, we live in a complex world that that spans across everything we do from work into our everyday lives. You haven't, you know, sort of been in the same field where you're observing and you're connecting people across the world. What do you think is the best way to uh, to actually create effective global leaders because there are 3 billion people under 30. When we start taking leadership positions, what are they going to do? It's, what should we do? It's tough. I mean, I, I'm challenging everyone to find their zone of genius, uh, which is sort of where you're – like imagine a Venn diagram with three circles uh, in, your, in your mind right now. <laughs> um, but there's you know, a circle for your passions, a circle for what you're good at, your skills – uh, and then sort of what the world needs or what the market values from a capitalistic standpoint, or is there a problem you can solve? Uh, and if there's you know, where the, the kind of the intersection of all three of those circles is what I would call your zone of genius. And so like both of us are really good at bringing different people and ideas together to accomplish bigger things for society and to have this communal shift. Right. Like, I, 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 I want to describe the millennial generation as a pack of lone wolves when done right, uh, whereas like each wolf is super strong by themselves uh, and should be feared and is, is you know powerful by themselves. Yet they all can also work together in conjunction to you know fight off a threat or to just accomplish a, a given mission that wolves have. Uh, I don't. I don't know the missions of wolves, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we don't necessarily have to be communal and, and lose our personal identity. But I also don't think we should just be completely selfish in our own individual interests. I think by by helping people become like find their zones of genius, 
they can then apply that to improve their own station life and also chip into those multidisciplinary problem-solving efforts to make sure that we're all you know around and we're all uh, not being hurt by our environment and we're all uh, actually solving those problems that impact us. And so that's sort of my approach is like how can we elevate people by helping them figure out what they're really good at and applying some passion to that, you know, those skills. Uh, the next step would be, you know, now that everyone's really skillful and really passionate about what they do, how can we get them to work together? No, I mean, I absolutely love it. And and the whole together aspect is, is kind of, uh, that's my favorite thing about what you do. It's just because it's, it's one thing to be the lone wolves, as to say, as uh, you you describe our generation. But it's another thing to be able to uh, to, to work together to actually. We gotta be a pack of lone wolves. Pack of lone wolves, rather. It's another it's another thing to actually come together where we we sort of use our, our zones of genius uh, to to tackle problems that we're uniquely suited for. And, and you know, for listening to you talk and observing the community you've created, I, I see people from you know that are athletes, that are doctors, that are tech startup people or people that are even just they just care about fitness or people that just have random and 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 um interesting uh expertise but it's been interesting to see the type of community that they form and i think sometimes if we're looking at 2016 we we forget that there is value in in our neighbor uh, i think a lot of times we forgot that last year and we sort of um allowed fear to 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 detect our actions and and um and really blind us from the potential of what uh, humans can do together if they if they see past the differences and actually leverage them. So yeah. yeah. So in, in, when you're recording an episode in 2018, what do you hope that you can say about this year? Well, I hope that we can say that this year was when we started uh, to build a lot of inclusive leaders. And for me, inclusive leaders uh, are people that that are able to make you know people in, in their company feel safe, safe enough to be themselves. Uh, whether it's, it's it's in the company or whether it's in the country, I, I hope we are able to to get past the idea of of um, marginalizing people from different backgrounds because we don't understand them. You know, I hope we've found leaders that are actually okay with admitting what they don't know, but okay with also exploring that curiosity to to um, um, have them at the table. So yeah, I'm hoping for more inclusive and diverse leaders, and I'm hoping for more people that have the the mindset of uh, the late Nelson Mandela, who's uh, mm. who was who was that's my favorite leader, by the way, who was um, uh, committed to ending inequalities. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll did see. I tell you that last year I got to go to South Africa for don't, don't, like twenty don't, different days? And, don't do and like, don't 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 you know, don't just make me cry in there. No, I, I, I remember. <laughs> no, I remember. but I, I'm saying I you know I was able to uh, I, I was being toured around by Dr. David Malapo who knew the Manelas pretty intimately. Uh, and he's kind of like this Tony Robbins-esque figure uh, in South Africa. He's a big like author, speaker, dude. Um, but you know, he brought us to, you know, some of the touristy things that, you know, people see like Nelson Mandela's cell and, and whatnot, but then also like other, you know, more authentic experiences. And yeah. you know, after learning even more about, you know, Mandela's uh, background, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's he's definitely a, a model 
uh, to follow. And yeah. he, he wasn't perfect by any stretch. Of the I, imagination, that's that's the he, whole point, though. That's the whole point that he wasn't. Um, that that's it's a growth that he wasn't perfect, right? I'm 27 exactly. years old. I'm 27 years old now. He spent 27 years in jail. So that's putting that for context. But you know, going from that that you know almost aggressive uh, approach, you know, he still had the same goal to having the ability to, to see the bigger picture when you come out of jail and then look for an inclusive cabinet and then do, um, you know, if you are ever watching Victor's, you know, United Country around the sports that marginalized black people for a while and just be able to just become this international figure who would gain some perspective from a lot of time alone. I, I think that's something that's admirable. I mean, so, yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. For sure. Uh, we're we're going to get ready to close soon, but uh, there there are a few things that I want I want to get with you. So, a lot of what you do is connecting. Um, can you talk about, uh, you know, can you share some uh, connecting tips? Because th- you and I know that the world is even more complex with digitalization and globalization. We come into contact with different cultures, whether we care, whether we want to, or whether we even have a choice. But how have you found? Um, uh, connecting in this digital age and how can you share some tips for that i think yeah everyone says that it's harder than ever before but i i think it's you know easier than ever before to meet people and get that initial interaction i think it's harder than ever to turn that initial touch point into a meaningful relationship and that is a a skill set that i think more people should invest in and learning the hard skills like coding or finances, et cetera. Uh, the reality is that all of that stuff is being automated as we speak. Whereas the last things to be automated or potentially will never be automated is the soft skills of learning how to engage people, learning how to build common grounds between people, uh, learning to listen and you know actually care about what other people are saying uh, and, and use that to form uh, a conversation, learning how to, to manage people effectively, like all those soft skills that come really from, from connecting people, as you say, are, are the ones we should be spending the most time investing in. Uh, and this, like I could have gone an hour on this alone. I think some of the most basic principles that should not be taken for granted and could be big takeaways from the call uh, is that anytime you go into a, an interaction, whether it's a, an interview like this or you're at a, an event and meeting someone or you get introduced via email or you know, Facebook Messenger or wherever, uh, always look to go into an interaction where you are providing value to the other person. Uh, and it will come back around, but you'll always look at, always put the other person's self-interests before yours and not to your detriment but if you can solve problems for other people if you can empathize with other people uh and meet them where they need to be met uh you'll have a lot more influence with that person you'll get a much more positive result in that interaction Uh, and ultimately it'll help you you know improve your own station in life or advance your own mission too um i think a lot of people don't approach things in that selfless manner and it's not a we live in like a win-win-win world where you can win and i can win too uh and the people we influence can win so it's not a i I think you can out collaborate your competition if you want to put it that way 
but that's kind of the biggest you know takeaway I would say. Uh, the the more advanced idea is that you know we we all uh, a lot of you are probably like huge productivity nerds uh, listening to this. And we all talk about like 80-20ing our time, or if you're running a business, like doing an 80-20 on where your revenue is coming in from. Uh, for those who are uninitiated, like 80-20 means looking at where you know, 80% of the uh, outputs are coming in, or outputs are, are happening. And normally it's from 20% of inputs. And so if you focus on that 20%, you'll get much better results mm. you know, over the long haul. Uh, you should do this with the people you spend time with too. Uh, and so like you using what I said originally, like always be respectful to people, always listen to people, you know, et cetera, like be a good human. But after that mindset is, is in your system, do an 80, 20 of who you spend time with and look for relationships that'll really, uh, influence you in a positive way. Look for relationships with people that are well connected in the industry that you're trying to, uh, make an impact in, uh, spend time with people who have, uh, influence that you can work alongside to make bigger impact in the world. Uh, you know, I, I do this a lot and it's, it's how I've built a, a world-class network in record time. If you want to say it's because I, I really spend as much time as possible delivering value to the people that I think are super connectors and who are, you know, huge tastemakers in their industry. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that consciousness uh some people think it it's uh wrong to be conscious of that for whatever reason but you know you should be conscious with your career with who you spend time with uh like all these things are are huge inputs into your both the happiness that you have in your life and the impact and the legacy you can eventually leave uh and so to i I think you should be ruthless with who you spend time with and (laughs) uh and really you know look at what what are the twenty percent of people you should be spending eighty percent of your time with? Uh, you know, if you do that, uh, in addition to always looking to provide value and being a, a good human being and uh, treating people with, with with respect and empathizing where they're coming from, uh, I think you can get a lot done as far as meeting people and and developing influence. Um, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better. And and there are a few quotes that come to mind. You know, uh, Charles Dickens quote, you know, he's like, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of others. And um, and, and you know, another one is uh, from the late Anne Frank, which is no one has ever become poor by giving. And that's those are a lot of the things that you've touched on. And, you know, I can say for a fact that you've done that. And um, I'm glad that you gave that as a takeaway for the audience, because in giving, we're definitely um, uh, growing and, and um, doing that with a purpose and also being intentional by the people we spend our time with that's also another uh, signal of growth so um love it love it love it love it as we uh i agree as we reach out this uh this closing area here can you tell us where we can find your book what you're doing you know what's the exciting thing as as we're getting ready to to ramp up your for the launch of your book because this is going to come right around the time your book is out so what are the ways people can reach out to you yeah, so 3billionunder30.com is where you can learn more about the book. Uh, it's the number three, the word billion, the word under, the number 30. Uh, maybe you can include a link in your show notes. For or sure, for you, sure. <laughs> wherever you do that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love to hear from people at jared at 3billionunder30.com. 
my name is J-A-R-E-D. It's like the gallery of jewelry and not like the subway guy because he's a jerk and he's done some horrible things. <laughs> yes, he has. So I don't want to be connected to him, but jewelry is fine. Yeah. Uh, so you can connect me to jewelry in your head. Uh, <laughs> and I would, I would love to hear from anyone. You know, so if you I, – I, I normally say this on you know end of interviews, but if you actually found this valuable and uh, there's a takeaway that you – took from our conversation like i would love to hear about it please email me uh and tell me about it and get connected uh maybe even use some of the ideas that we spoke about uh in in reaching out and so uh yeah i'm really excited about the book i don't think we're going to sell on amazon uh right away uh i might actually use amazon as uh, an advertisement which might get some like uh hackery type press because that would be pretty funny um, maybe go viral on Reddit. I don't know, but three billion under thirty.com. Really excited to share the research from this book. Uh, I've been getting a ton of great feedback. Like it's probably five or ten times better than two billion under twenty, uh, which is amazing. Uh, and that's you know, pretty objective too. It's you know just a lot of different people have been saying that, and we we worked a lot harder on it you know, that we spent a lot of money to make it a really good product and spent about a year you know making sure we got the right profiles in there uh so i'm excited and and thank you for giving me the valid to share uh news about it and to share some stories from it hey, anytime anytime what date is the book coming out january 17th all right january 17th so this will be out right around the time right around january 17th so um till next week ladies and gentlemen please Use your difference to make a difference. How? You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.